Hello, welcome back to The Well. I'm Blake. I'm Morgan. And today we have a very special guest. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Margaret Cos. Yay! Who are you? What yes. do you do? Um, I am a graduate student at Iowa State. I'm working on my master's in higher education right now. Um, but I also work in the office with you all, but I focus in Green Dot and the Green Dot grad assistant. Woo-woo! Yes. All right, so today we're talking about success. So we're going to get into some questions real quick. So what did success look like for you when you were younger compared to now? Um, I think as a kid or even like in undergrad, um, for me success was very much uh, quantitative. So like it was what scores I was getting in class, okay. it was um, how I was doing in like sports competitions, like that kind of stuff. It was how much money, like how many hours I was working at my after school job, like those kinds of things. It's like that was me being successful, balancing a lot of stuff and still like succeeding, getting A's, um, you know, having like that 4.0. That to me was what success meant. Um, over time, that has definitely changed. Um, you know, I think my senior year of college, I enacted the it doesn't have to be perfect, just has to be done. And that's really kind of not, it's not like I'm doing stuff poorly. But I'm recognizing that perfection is not success. Right. Perfection can cause a lot of stress. I think for me, I view success as having balance, mm -hmm. um, kind of being wholesome and recognizing, yeah, hol holistic, not ho wholesome too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think recognizing that there's more to life than just accomplishments. Yes. Um, and to me, success is recognizing how full my life can be mm -hmm. and how to make sure that my life is full. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, when we are in such a competitive state all throughout elementary school, middle mm -hmm. school, high school, and even undergrad, um, as we're both in now, I feel like it's always a rat race to the finish. And it's like, if I'm not getting A's, I'm not involved in mm -hmm. 10,000 mm -hmm. things on campus, I'm not successful. And that's mm -hmm. so hurtful. It's yeah. damaging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It yeah. is. Absolutely. Where do we think this competitive perfectionist thing stems from? Uh, I think a little bit of media, a little bit mm -hmm. of our parents. I who think are just also our government, like government in how we view education, you know, with oh. Common Core, with mm -hmm. these ideas of standardized testing, if all of your students do well on the standardized test, right, then right. Your, your teacher is going to get a bonus. Like, it's yeah. that idea, I think, very much standardized education. Right. Uh, incentivizes perfection. Mm -hmm. No. Oh, yeah. that's a great way to think of it. Yeah. Because if it's more of how are your students feeling, like where do they feel mm -hmm. they are at, or mm -hmm. how much they are comfortable explaining a topic, mm -hmm. it's more of the intuitive. Yeah. That it's the, kind of like learning for performance versus learning for mastery. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Off to a great start. <laughs> I wrote a paper about that one. Okay. <laughs> That's how I know. I think when my success, like growing up till now, which actually just recently when you were speaking, I noticed this. I was a runner growing up, so I always was looking at my time. Am I getting faster? Um, and which I was thinking, I don't think I was necessarily competitive versus other people, but it was like, am I improving? Mm -hmm. am, I, am I doing well with my times? Or did I do poorly? Um, but now, which I didn't, I had, didn't run for three years after high school, mm -hmm. and I was a very, very active uh, kid in high school, so I was kind of like, kind of felt like a failure because I wasn't running anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I put myself in at 8 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday, running class. I made myself <laughs> do it just to keep myself accountable, yeah. 
And my instructor, he, he taught us, we sat down one day and he taught us what, like, running should not be a punishment. It should be mm-hmm. something that you enjoy. You're getting your body moving. So if you just start, if you just want to run to be moving, focus more on how you're feeling and enjoying mm-hmm. and the outdoors or wherever you're, or your space to yourself. Yeah. Is that, like, running is more of a self self-care thing than a chore or mm-hmm. competing and trying to make yourself better. Well, it is in the long term, but I, just from that focusing on time and improvement versus just me feeling good, mm-hmm. that's my success. Mm-hmm. That's how I've, how I've mm-hmm. seen it change. Mm-hmm. Next question, how do you identify what you need to succeed? Yeah, I think a lot of that comes from being vulnerable, um, mm-hmm. recognizing, because I think I'm a person who, even though I've, I say I'm like okay with not being perfect, it's still something that's very hard for me because I grew up right. um, in a very, just like with a lot of pressure, and it wasn't pressure from my parents, it was pressure from myself mm-hmm. that I thought my parents had for me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, like when I was an undergrad even, I'm the only person in my family who doesn't do science. Okay. Um, and so I made the decision of, well, I'm not going to major in science, so I need to do a double major to make it worth it. Mm. And so that was a, like, to be on the same level as my siblings. And now I know my siblings could not do the work I do. They hate talking to people. <laughs> I talk to people on a daily basis, and I yeah. know I'm good at it. I know I'm great at listening. Mm-hmm. I know well, I hope I am. Uh, but, like, I feel like I can't connect with people very well and really yeah. get to know them and make those connections that will help them grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I know my siblings can't do that. But growing up, I felt like I had to be on the same level as them, and mm-hmm. what their success was right. was my success. Right. And I think for me, it's taken a lot of just like introspection of understanding what are my needs. Like, if I'm doing great performance in work or doing great performance in school, getting all A's, but I'm going home and on the weekends I can't get out of bed because I just don't have that energy because I'm not taking care of me, that's how I identify mm-hmm. with uh, what I need to succeed. I right. think it can be really hard though because sometimes it's like, well, I'm doing everything right, so mm-hmm. why do I not feel good? Why am I still depressed? Why right. am I still having anxiety? Because clearly all of my outcomes are perfection, Yeah. but the internal feeling right. is not there. So how can I figure out what's missing when society has always told me that by being perfect, you'll be happy? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that hit. Thanks. So. Yeah, I mean, but we love, this is what we're here for. Yeah. This is what we're here for. Um, I think I can definitely relate to the whole, you know, thinking that your parents have this huge pressure for you when they really don't. Mm-hmm. Because now that I'm at this age, I'm at this stage in my life mm-hmm. where I'm getting ready to graduate, I'm looking at a job, I'm looking at apartments, my parents are just so proud and I'm like, I'm just here like right. you know but them seeing me strive and just you know be my authentic self is what I think mm-hmm. they're the most proud of I think most mm-hmm. parents would say that that's what they're most proud of so I'm getting to that point now where I think you're at where you're like is this what they thought or is but that just me mm-hmm. I feel like that was just me because now you're supportive of me just doing no. bare minimum? <laughs> no, for real. I had yeah. conversations with my mom because I was like, Mom, I was a terrible student. Like, I was, I was awful in high school. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you're perfect. And I'm like, Mom, I'm not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, now any conversation I have with her, like, I'm hypercritical of myself. And she's just like, mm. no, you need to stop. Like, yeah. Rec- and I think it's 
it's always been that, but I just never realized right. that. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. And I think this hat is very uh, relatable to a lot of people. Um, like we're just always thinking of the next thing, and we're not mm -hmm. focusing on like you just grad. You know, you graduated undergrad. That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people can do that or have done that or through the generations haven't, haven't been able to do that. So mm -hmm. I think we're always focusing on our next successes versus yeah. what have we accomplished already and recognizing mm -hmm. that as just many successes and, yeah. and good true. stories. Yeah. That's true. Um, so how do we create effective space for ourselves? I think, you know, for me, when I create a space for myself, it needs to be warm, it needs to be inviting, mm -hmm. I need to be surrounded by people who are supportive of the things that I'm doing and mm -hmm. um, are moving in a similar direction as me to want to be, you know, wanting more for yourself and to want to be affirming to others in your support system. I think a huge thing is when you're, so I just came to Iowa State, like in right. August, so mm -hmm. I was like, how do I, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Um, and I think for me, I have, you know, been set up in a program, um, I'm in a cohort model program, which means there's 31 other people in my program who are all going through a very similar experience as me, and while it's not the exact same thing, but they're still taking classes I'm taking, they're still working 20 hours a week on top of the three to four classes they're taking. Right. Um, and I think... For me, it's been finding community is how I create a space for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's, it varies from person to person. But for me, it's been, these are the people I can talk to who can validate my experience and understand what I'm going through. They can give me advice, but they can also say, do you even want advice on this or do you just want to kind of vent? Right. Uh, right. And I think yeah. that's, that to me is how I have created a space for myself on Iowa State's campus mm -hmm. is I feel like I have a community now. When like the first few months, I was like, oh, I can't talk to anyone. Like the only people I can talk to is my mom and like my friends from undergrad because I worked with um, three other fellows at my last job, which was at my undergrad, and I was a fellow as well. So like I still have that community with them, and I still talk to them about what's going on. But they don't know Iowa State, right. yeah. And so it's kind of like they don't know the players, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. The people at Iowa State don't know all the players either right. because we work in very different places. Right. But I think them just knowing aims and just knowing what the expectations of our master's program are yeah. right um, has been really helpful so i think for me it's community like i'm very much a people i'm an introvert but i'm a people person right mm -hmm. oh yeah mm -hmm. um i completely relate on that when i i had a lot of um, struggles coming in as a freshman in undergrad because i just felt very you know, you're detached, you have to be very independent now, or I mm -hmm. felt that I had to be very independent and I thought I was a dependent person in high school. I thought I needed my mom to cheer me on in this. I needed this person to help me with mm -hmm. this. I needed this person to cheer me on for this thing. So I was like, I, I called my mom crying and was like, I think I'm a very dependent person and I have no one to depend on here. Mm -hmm. And then I really, and then she did some talking and then mm -hmm. I had a few months to yeah. live. And um, and I realize I'm a more independent person, and 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 my successes were because of me, mm -hmm. and versus other people pushing me to do things. I was like, well, I'm actually pretty cool. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So talking about your support systems, um, who are your role models for your successes and accomplishments? Yeah, I think I don't know, like. My siblings, so I am very, very close with my family. Like mm -hmm. they are, 
um, like we have a family group message, we have a family group Snapchat, like yeah. we are always talking to each other and if we aren't talking to each other we at least have some sort of point of contact and like well I haven't seen my brother in over a year, I still am in touch with him and I still yeah. like know what's going on and, and so I think for me my siblings are my role models in different ways. Yeah. Um, you know, my oldest sister, she just got her PhD and she's a woman in the field of like biophysics, which is really, really cool. And she's like super just confident and successful and like being able to contribute to her field to something that like is really cool and like I don't know, I've learned so much from each of my siblings and they're the ones who know when I call them crying and they're like, just pull it together. Like, they know how to respond to me. They know what I need. And right. something that, like, I think they are my role models. Um, I look up to them a lot. I'm also the baby, so, like, they're all perfect, right? <laughs> um, right. But I think in terms of, like, other role models I have, um, mm -hmm. from, like, my, like, academic world or, like, career world, mm -hmm. um, one would be... Uh, her name's Jamie, and she's the library. She was one of the librarians at my undergrad, and mm -hmm. she just created community for me. Oh, um, that's awesome! My undergrad, and yeah. like, she, I was afraid of her my first two years at Center um, because she's just like very like intimidating and just super badass, and like I love her. Uh -huh. uh, but the more I got to know her, the more I realized like how much how full of love she was, and how much she was there for students and wanted yeah. students to succeed. Um, that like. She has been a huge role model for me, especially following the 2016 election. Um, she was very angry. A lot of people were very angry and very hurt and very upset, but she took right. that anger and funneled it into learning about nonviolent communication, um, which is just kind of a new language to use to communicate difference and talk about difference right. and talk about what your needs are and your wants are. Um, and she like was like, you know what, I can't do anything to change the past, but I can change how I communicate. Oh, because yes. I'm angry, but I still want to know where other people are coming from. Yeah. And so just like that compassion that she has right. is something that I want. And like to not be weighed down by her anger mm -hmm. was something that just really stuck out to me. And kind yeah. of that's how I want to model how I live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, so cool. She's, really cool. She's the coolest person ever. <laughs> she was Freddie Mercury for Halloween. Oh my god, yeah. I'm just I'm sitting on that and chewing on that. Chewing on that. Um, so how do you practice self-care and with such a busy schedule? Because as a grad student, I can only imagine you get mm -hmm. two hours of sleep a month, like all that. of that. <laughs> I sleep. I actually prioritize my sleep um, very good, much. Good. I make sure I am in bed by 10 o'clock, mm -hmm. asleep by midnight, mm -hmm. which means I get up at like 7.45, so I get about mm -hmm. seven hours of sleep. Yeah. Which I take. Um, and so that's something that I like knew I needed to prioritize because I did not in undergrad and that's something that really weighed on me. Um, but I think it's about carving out what matters to you. Yeah. Uh, it's about <laughs> carving, out, carving out what matters to you and, and recognizing that there are going to be times when you're busier than others. Like this yeah. past month I've been super busy mm -hmm. and I haven't been able to upkeep my total self-care regimen. Um, yeah. But like something that I do, I've talked about this need for community, this need for connection. So mm -hmm. what I really love to do is write letters to people. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so I do handwritten letters, snail mail. Um, I have a few people from undergrad 
um, that I write to on a regular basis and you know some of our go-to questions on a scale of one to ten how much are you thriving and why mm -hmm. and last time mm -hmm. we talked you said you're at a seven are you still there or has that changed and why and so right. asking these very critical and reflective questions of them but they also ask those of me um, so it gives me that space to kind of journal and reflect but it's not just sitting in a book collecting dust on a shelf, with, right. which is totally fine, like if someone likes a journal, but mm -hmm. that never works for me because it felt like, why am I writing to this book? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But with letter writing, I'm writing to someone else. Yeah. And it's a communication, it's a, it, it goes two ways, and that's mm -hmm. something that um, I really value. And I haven't been able to write a letter for like a month, and I'm really, mm -hmm. <laughs> I need to write that. <laughs> Like I'll text them and be like, hey, letter is late, like it's coming later. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but it's something that when it comes to practicing self-care on a busy schedule, I recognize that I cannot be successful if I'm not taking care of me. Mm -hmm. um, because if I'm not taking care of me, I can't put my full self into the work that mm -hmm. I'm doing. Um, and that took me a really long time to realize. A lot of times, and I'm still realizing it. Right. I'm still learning. I'm not saying I am a self-care queen. No, right. not at all. <laughs> I am in a place where I know I have growth. Um, mm -hmm. But I also know to do that growth, I need to be feeling okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, when Have there been moments where you feel like, you're, you're busy, you're doing all these things, no matter what you're doing, you don't feel successful. When, oh, yeah. When have you recognized those moments, and how do you, how do you, what do you do in those moments? I call my mom. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I really do. Um, because in those moments, I am so, I mean, I think it happens to everyone. You don't feel right. successful, you feel like a failure, you feel like there's no way you're going to get out of this hole. Mm -hmm. um, it happens, and it's totally natural. But calling the people who have known you and recognized you both from your lowest lows and your highest highs, yeah, they can yeah. be there for you. So I call my mom, I call my sister, I call my friends from undergrad, and I say, hey, I'm not in a good place right now. It feels like I'm doing everything wrong. It feels like I'm the enemy here, and I don't know how to get out of this funk. Can I just talk to you about it? Because they can say, your feelings are valid, yeah. but... Like what you, I, what you are feeling is valid, mm -hmm. but what you're saying may not be true. Right? You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Completely. Like they're saying it's valid to feel the way you're feeling. Yeah. But just because you're feeling that way does not mean it's true. That's your perception yeah. right now, and your perception is your reality currently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, my mom growing up always told me when I was panicking or even at after a big success, she would tell me, "I wish you could see yourself through my eyes," mm -hmm. just because taking because you were all stuck in her own perspective and oh I could be doing this better I could be doing this better but from an outside view people might think you're perfection or they might think mm -hmm. you're doing this really well and they may be your role model to them and you don't know that yeah so taking that time to call your mom or just step back for a moment maybe ask those around you how do you how do you mm -hmm. think I'm doing because yeah. I don't think I'm doing yeah. well right now mm -hmm. or just if you don't want to talk to others about it just step back Journal, just think, be reflective about yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very much so. I, I'm thinking now, like reflecting <laughs> personally about, you know, getting ready to graduate, what that means for me, how my self-care is going to change, what it's going to be like to have a nine-to-five. And mm -hmm. once you're home from work, there's nothing really else to do. <laughs> watch a lot of so what's, Yeah, really? Like, what's, what's going to happen now? Maybe mm -hmm. I'll binge watch Survivor or something. Anything? <laughs> Anything? I did not know. Actually, actually, no, I did. No, that's why I plugged it. That's, that's why. Mm. 
But you know, just being able to give yourself that that sense of grace yeah. is what's going to be so so vital. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think something that you had said, Morgan, really resonated with me. Of like, you don't know how people view you, especially during like your lowest lows. I know for me, my senior year of college was very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, I was rediagnosed with depression. Uh, I was in one of my lowest lows. Like I would go to class, come back to my room, and just cry, lay in bed and cry. And I have been very open about that experience with others, especially right. with the students that were first years, that, that I then was a professional staff member and got to know them as their boss, as a supervisor, right. yeah. and we were talking about mental health and just talking about how it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And I have shared it with people and they have said, I had no idea you were doing so well. And so I was in my lowest, absolute lowest place, right. like ready to just drop out of college, quit, not finish my degree because I was like, I can't succeed, there's absolutely no way. Mm -hmm. Yet, the students that were looking up to me yeah. said, oh, you were so positive and yeah. great, and so that goes to show like that high-functioning depression or anxiety mm -hmm. or whatever, it may not even be like a mental health thing, but just like high being high-functioning but still feeling so poorly about yourself. Yeah. 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 Speaking yeah. of, no, no, that was, that was good. <laughs> Taking it all, soaking it all in like a sponge. Um, so speaking of giving grace. <laughs> okay. So we have a quote today from one of my favorite people in the whole entire world. Um, Let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are by Renee Brown. Mm -hmm. What are we thinking? I love her so much. Honestly, I think about that. I think about that a lot. I mm -hmm. think especially reflecting in like high school and in middle school. Um, we're constantly surrounded by these standards of what you're supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. And so now as an adult and being able to break the mold of that, mm -hmm. it's kind of allowed me to reintroduce myself to myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you think about, um, for me at least, sometimes I think about the decisions mm -hmm. that I'm making and how I'm making them. Yeah. And I think, where did that come from? Let me stop. What's this thought process mm -hmm. and why am I feeling this? Mm -hmm. right. And I have to reflect that, oh, that's where that came from. It came from in middle school, the people saying this, or in yeah. high school, people were doing this. And that's what I automatically attach it to. Yeah. I think this quote for me, like, go who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. Oh, that's just, okay, I'm just sitting right <laughs> my mind about it, too. But um, I think it's just constantly, you know, you said, you said rethinking who you are, just like relearning. Mm -hmm. You don't have, or maybe you grew up one, maybe, for example, you grew up in one religion and now you're in mm -hmm. college and maybe you don't, you want to explore religions mm -hmm. or spirituality, and but you think you're supposed to be this one thing. I think it's important to focus on who do you want to be, who do you are, mm -hmm. what's important to you, what matches that those mm -hmm. values to you. I think this is a really cool quote. I love it. I think another piece of it is like, when we're thinking about who we're supposed to be, a lot of what informs that thought is what society is telling us. Mm -hmm. And so this is saying, go. society doesn't matter. Yeah. In this, you matter. In this, yeah. this is you. At the end of the day, like you're born alone, you die alone. I know that's kind of depressing. <laughs> but right, it is. Like You get to make the choices. It shouldn't matter what others think or expect. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that matters is what you who you are and how you exist and like your identity is not stagnant it changes it's yes. fluid and like yes. knowing that you can continue to explore that yeah. is very important yeah. and your successes will change maybe mm -hmm. you can yeah. do this now and then later you can't do that <laughs> yeah. can't do the same thing anymore but yeah 
Yeah. So that being said, I think our takeaway for today is that perfection is not realistic mm -hmm. and comparing yourself does nothing for us but stunt our growth and allow us to become the people we were meant to be and to grow into authentic selves. Yee. So sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, I really love authentic self. Yeah. Hashtag authentic self. Hashtag yee. <laughs> That being said, for more resources on student wellness, go ahead and click on the link in the description box below. Thank you so much for watching and be well.